Hi, Karen, creator of Y2K here. This is the spoilery version of this cast interview. And if you're only looking for the spoilery bits and you've already listened to the rest of it, go to around the 24 minute mark and you will find all the spoilers there. If you haven't listened to the full season of Y2K, uh, please go do that before you listen, unless you are completely impervious to spoilers. Okay, enjoy! Okay, hello. Welcome to our uh, very first cast interview. My name is Karen Heimdahl and I'm the creator of Y2K. And I am sitting here with, or online, with three of our wonderful cast members. And I'm going to ask them to each introduce themselves and to tell you their name, of course, and the character they're playing. And also, just because, you know, because we're in different bits of the world, where you are right now and what time it is. <laughs> and I'm going to start with Charlotte. My name is Charlotte Norak and I play Kirsten and I'm in Denmark and it's, well, 2 p.m. <laughs> cool. Okay, Adam? I'm Adam Blanford. I play Jono and I'm in Colorado, USA, and it is 6.05 in the morning. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. And Janice? Uh, Janice Vestin, I play Kat, and I'm in Sweden, so same time zone as Charlotte, and uh, so a little after two in the afternoon. Yes, and where are you? In, in Sweden. Sweden. Yes. <laughs> I, I said that. No? Yes, yeah. I was just going to say, because you and I are in different cities, though they are yeah. very, oh, very I'm close. Fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're very, very close to each other. And I'm in Gothenburg, Sweden, so it's about, how long does it take you to get to my house, Janice? 20 minutes with, yeah, uh, yeah 20, by 25 car. minutes by car. Yeah. yeah, we're quite close. Cool, okay. I wanted to start by just, because I know this is very different for all three of you. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, or let you tell us a little bit about your, your voice acting background. Uh, and why don't we start with Adam? All right. Um, notice I sound a little bit different. I'm fighting. With it, but um, I have been voice acting for about two years and uh, I started in August 2017. And I've been I've done about 40, 45 different podcasts and YouTube productions, things like that. And I've narrated three audiobooks. When I'm not fighting a cold, I actually sound really good and people like my voice. But, <laughs> Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've played a whole range of characters from, you know, heroes to villains, and um, I've, you know, I've got a pretty good facility for accents, which is really helpful with Jono. Yeah, and, which we're very happy about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I've really had a, a fun time for the last few years doing this. Cool. Yeah. And Janice? Yes, <laughs> I have absolutely no experience. This is definitely the first thing that I do. And uh, uh, it's thanks to Karin. She, before she told me there's such a thing as audio drama, I didn't even know that. So, yeah. uh, but I know her from before. And uh, thankfully, she will let me be part of this. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I actually, because you and I, Janice, we went to, we studied drama about 20 years ago. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah. And Y two K. Yeah, exactly. Around that time, a little bit earlier, actually, like ninety nine or something like that. And when I was thinking, okay, I need a Swedish voice actor who is not me because I don't sound Swedish, uh, and I need a Swedish voice actor who is was very sort of uh, happy with English. And I know that, uh, Janice, you speak English a lot in your daily life, even though we live in Sweden. So I immediately thought of you. And, uh, and also because, you know, uh, you've done a lot of acting, though you haven't done voice acting. So I knew that you were a really good actress. And I was like, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got you into this. Okay, Charlotte. Yeah, um, I haven't been nearly as active as, as Adam has, but in what February, it's been two years for me too. Mm. I haven't been in nearly as many things, but it's okay. Slowly progressing. Yeah. Uh, I'm mainly in horror productions <laughs> because that's just <laughs> my thing. <laughs> um, but I'm also the co-creator of uh, Calling Darkness. So been busy with that as well. Which is a comedy horror, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so not pure horror. Yeah, exactly. I, I love, love it. Laughs too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we could lure you into this, even though it's not horror. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had seen the uh, the casting call and mm. was like, oh, that sounds really good. And then uh, Graham Rowett uh, sent me the casting call saying, oh, right. I think this might be for you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it says Swedish. <laughs> I don't speak Swedish. So uh <laughs> sit down about that until I talk to you about it. So yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I actually uh because yes, the, the role of, of Kirsten was uh originally uh Shastin, and she was Swedish because you play Kat's mother, so you play Genesis' mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. And uh actually I mean I had some Swedish auditions and I just thought you were much better than they were. So oh, thank you. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, she now has a Danish mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, my next question was going to be uh, what made you interested in Y2K? And I think uh, Charlotte and Janice have, have already sort of answered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I coerced both of you in various ways <laughs> into doing this. Yeah. But Adam, what made you interested in, in this show? I ran across the casting call um, talking to a friend of mine. Um, my, I had a friend from New, uh, New Zealand. Mm. was really interested in the podcast and uh, she suggested that I try out for a part and oh. I, I think I, I auditioned like the day before it, the, the casting call ended I was like oh no, why not Threw that in yeah <laughs> yeah you know uh, I mean, can't hurt and uh, so so Jono's voice was kind of born there I just kind of threw together some different uh, accents that I knew mm. yeah because uh, you were actually the uh, if we're talking about casting you were actually the only uh, role that I did uh, callbacks for. And I mean, for a few different reasons, because I had, I had three of you and uh, Janice actually got to, to hear all three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think actually four, but I only called back three in the end. And it was because of the character of Jono, and this is the spoiler-free section of our interview, but the character of Jono is, has to do some fairly heavy stuff. And I wanted to, because I think when I sent you the callback, I also sort of described a little bit what this character is and wanted to make sure that you were ready and able and felt comfortable doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Playing, you know, playing the villain is kind of hard. It's tough. Yeah. 
I've, I've done it in a few different uh, productions and there's definitely a, a responsibility. You, you have to make people dislike you. You know, you can't be, you can't yeah. be too likable. And um, I remember in our, one of our first, uh, first meetings, you said, I got to turn off the inner nice guy. So I yeah. try to do my best to do that and, you know, be as heartless as humanly possible. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you've definitely done that because I've heard all of it and Charlotte and Janice <laughs> have not, <laughs> but I have. But I, yeah, it's, it is tough because it's easy. I mean, playing a villain is, is a really cool challenge, but it's also mm -hmm. so difficult because you have to, you know, turn off all that uh, sort of empathy. <laughs> that is, you yeah. you just got to commit. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Just, just not even think about what's going on, just exist in the moment and just let loose. And once you do that, then, then it gets, you know, it's a little bit easier to get into the character mode now that I've, I've done Jono a few times. Yeah. But um, it was a little hard at first because, you know, there was the accent and then there was the, the scene and then there was the, you know, the, the emotion. And but yeah, I figured out the balance. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard. It is hard. And I think that's because uh, you, uh, Adam, you, you, I mean, obviously, uh, Jono doesn't sound like you do. And I liked your British accent, though I had to throw in a line somewhere uh, that Kat has, that is, he worked really hard when he moved to London to lose his uh, Devon accent. Because <laughs> I was like, this is not a Devon accent in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and uh, I made Jono be from Exmouth because I used to live there. And I was like, this is cool. I know, I know, what, this, I know what this little city looks like. So that's why. Uh, but yeah, and it's actually kind of perfect that I'm interviewing the three of you because, of course, you have very close interactions in the podcast because Charlotte plays Kirsten, who is Kat's mother. And of course, Kat and Jono have this very tumultuous relationship. Let's just say that. That yeah. starts, you actually hear Jono. Uh, Jono is the first person that you hear apart from Janice and I in the prologue. And he just has one line. And that's where it starts off. So yeah, yeah. legend is born. Yeah, well, <laughs> legendary villain is born. Yeah, but I was going to uh, talk to uh, Charlotte and Janice because you, uh, like me, you act in a language that is not your own. So Charlotte, how, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's, it might actually be easier than right. if, if, if I did it in Danish yeah. because Why? I think if I did it in Danish, I would be overthinking, oh, what does this sound like? And mm -hmm. rather than just going with the flow and thinking, well, the words are pronounced like so-and-so, just just go ahead and do it. You know, when I see Danish shows and it's people who aren't very experienced, it sounds mm -hmm. very, it doesn't have the same flow and it, it just sounds artif artificial in some ways, a bit robotic and very, I'm reading a script. Mm. And obviously you, you, you are still at risk of sounding like you're reading a script because that is what you're, what you're doing. doing. <laughs> you have it in front of you. So there's no memorizing it and just going with the flow of it. But I think it is easier to sound a bit more natural when it's not in my, my own language. I love that. I hadn't thought of it like that, but I think mm. maybe it is for me too. And I think that that is a conversation that definitely is being had uh, around you know, Swedish films as well, that a lot of the actors sound a little robotic and like mm. they're reading a script. Yeah. What's your experience, Janice? 
like I said, I have no experience. Uh, <laughs> well, you've know. done it now. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it now. Yeah. And I'm relying very heavily on you to tell me how to pronounce things because uh, I don't really have an ear for, for different accents. I don't really know if I'm speaking American English or British English. And Kat is someone who has supposedly lived in London for four years. So mm. I'm, I'm thinking the British influence should mm. definitely take over there. And so you have to remind me once in a while, it's can't. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And yeah, we've definitely had those conversations of can't and what was the other one? It was uh, cost, of course, and it was, uh, we had the other day when we were recording, uh, you struggled with uh, Olivier, because it was Olivier <laughs> Theatre. <laughs> and you were just like, I can't, I can't say this. Olivier. I can't say this stupid Olivier. <laughs> Olivier. 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 <laughs> and you were like, can, can we go to a different theater? And I was like, no. <laughs> this play was on in that year. <laughs> um, at the Olivier. <laughs> you got there in the end. <laughs> but I, I, we, we've been talking a little bit about in the uh, cast discord that you started, Janice, about voice actor Kryptonite. I think you started, Adam. <laughs> and yes. I don't think it's a spoiler to say what was your worst one. Oh, God. Watermelon and feta salad. It, it's, the, <laughs> it's the transition. It's the fact that it's the fact that the end sound at the, at the end of watermelon and and together with my accent just they collide and it's a train wreck and so I have to really sit there and and just sound it out yeah it's, it, it's my Olivier yeah it's your Olivier <laughs> yeah. and melon and feta salad I, I had to practice that about 14 times yeah but you, you see what I cut out were all the swear words <laughs> yeah well thank you because that was three minutes <laughs> Oh, that might have made a really funny blooper, Adam. Yeah. You should have left that. Always save those. Yeah. Oh, you have lots of... <laughs> Charlotte has lots every of... Every clip would be 45 minutes long. I mean... <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair, fair enough. I think it depends a little bit on how, how blooper you are. But Charlotte uh, has lots of sort of swearing at cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots of them. Yeah. It's a lot of trying to be very serious and then stopping and going, and that's a car. And that's another car. And who needs cars anyway? <laughs> I think I said at some point. I mean, oh. And I'm yeah. thinking now as I can hear them going past. So it's yeah. fun. <laughs> well, I also have tractors sometimes. Ooh. So that's great. Different sound. Yeah, I get that I, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. I have helicopters because I live on the fifth floor. And... <laughs> That makes a lot of noise when they go yeah. past. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, that might be a separate blooper reel, just Y2K actors uh, yelling at various <laughs> <laughs> things Vehicles, going past. Yeah. Uh, the Batmobile. <laughs> Christy has a really long one where she's, she's sort of swearing at her neighbors who are standing yelling outside her window. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I turned the volume up and I can actually hear what they're saying, but I'm not sure I can put that in the, in the blooper reel. So, yeah. But uh, Charlotte, I, I was about to call you Kirsten there. Sorry. Uh, Charlotte, do you have any voice actor kryptonite words? Oh, I probably do. But I mean, that's just the English language in general. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes it's really simple and I'm like, I've practiced this 10, 20 times. I've got this down. 
And as soon as I hit record, it's like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and nothing that makes sense comes out. I'm basically inventing a new language. Um, <laughs> oh God, I have a lot of bloopers with stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely recognize that. And the, and sometimes it's the really simple lines that, mm -hmm. that catch you out, isn't it? Yeah. That you sort of, there, there is no reason why this yeah. very simple three word line of common words should trick me exactly. up, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and trying to do it like 10 times in a row, like I've got this now, I've got this now, I've got mm. this now. I could do it like when I'm just whispering it to myself going, okay, these are the words, you have them down. And then <laughs> it dies for some reason. Yeah. Well, these things happen, don't they? Yeah. I, I was going to go to uh, Adam because I know you prepared something, a question or a point of discussion or something. I was going to hand it over to you. Well, I, I was going to ask, um, I, I know that a lot of the, the show is based on some, some uh, past experiences. And I <clears throat> wondered if you could talk a little bit about how much the show is based on actual events and how much kind of there was a you know fictional element in, introduced. Because I it's curious about that. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. How how can I do this without spoiling anything? <laughs> okay. So it's it's definitely more fictional than not. Let's start there. The original idea I had for this show was just you know very simple two two long distance friends sending each other voicemails, and the story of one of them, which is Cat having a, a very troubled relationship, was. A story that that is inspired by real experiences certainly for me but it's you know and it started off like that and then I was like but I can't have the other person uh, which is Jess can't have her just be responding to the story she has to have her own story because otherwise this is gonna be really weird and very boring uh, so Jess's story is completely fictional really though I mean there are elements in there that I can't talk about for spoilery reasons <laughs> that are definitely my experience. But it's, uh, I mean, the, the character is very sort of, but then I wanted because Kat sort of, or I should say both Kat and Jess sort of started off as me. I like different aspects of my personality. And then as I was writing it, of course, which happens as I know that you write, Adam, they sort of take on a life of their own and they're, their own people, you know? And of course I cast you, uh, Janice, to play the cat character because, well, one, at the time I couldn't do a Swedish accent. I, I can now, but <laughs> I couldn't. And also it felt too close and I didn't want it to be so much me. And I think you've really made her your own, which uh, I love. And also since I was writing, when I cast, well, when I cast you, Janice, I written maybe 10 episodes or something. Uh, when I cast the rest of you, I'd written about 27, I think. So the latter half of the season is written after I cast all of you and is very much influenced by your performances, which I really love doing that. What, whatever I do next, I will try and, and sort of consider that, that casting first is a really cool thing when you're writing. So yeah, does that answer your question, sort of? It does. It does. I, I, I love the, I mean, the story is really compelling and um, I, I just, wow. I, 
I know that you had revealed some some uh, some details, and so I I wondered how that melded with the fictional elements. So I I really like the fact that you, know, that you were able to do that, and I, I think that the the fact that I'm like if you hadn't said anything, I I would have thought that this was you know almost actual events. Just the the vehicle or the framework was the, what was uh, being used to, to tell the story. I wouldn't I wouldn't have known the difference. Cool. Oh wow, that is a compliment from a fellow writer. Thank you so much, Adam. Cool. Wow. Okay. Well, I might actually, once we head into spoiler territory, say some more things about this, but <laughs> I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> I think uh, Charlotte, you had uh, a dis point of discussion as well. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad I had a, a couple of them because Adam stole my first one basically. <laughs> So, okay, oh, no. <laughs> I, was, I was got good with the plan B. I was wondering a bit about the process of, mm. of doing uh, Y2K. I mean, are you doing everything? Because it's, it sometimes seems like, I mean, it's mm. writing, uh, directing, editing, everything. <laughs> yes, uh, I mean, the short answer is yes. <laughs> I do everything. It's... Uh, it's what I, first of all, it's kind of my thing. I'm one of those people who just do things and I love, I love a project. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> this is, this is a project. <laughs> and uh, when it came, when it comes to editing, I was sort of hoping to uh, get some help. And then I realized that that's going to be expensive and uh, I'm cheap. So <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to do it myself. And, uh, I mean, I have lots of audio drama uh, friends who edit, you know, like sci-fi shows mm. with like 10 people in conversation at the same time and wacky, uh, you know, uh, laser fights or stuff like that. And this is not that. I mean, there are uh, definite sound effects going on and uh, also ambiance, backgrounds and things like that. But the main things are very sort of home-like sound effects. So, you know, it's... It's doors and washing mm. machines and, you know, footsteps, so many footsteps. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, uh, and also, of course, a lots of sort of, um, I have this sort of clicky modem-y thing that I put in between the voicemails and uh, mm. stuff like that. And it gets, I mean, it's, I'm at the point of recording, I have edit, I'm editing episode 20 out of, well, 54, and then there are four uh, Patreon episodes. So I'm not there yet, but my goal is to be sort of halfway um, once we release episode mm -hmm. one. So to be at 27, and I think I'll, I'll be able to do that. But as you know, because uh, you've all read these scripts, they get more complicated as the season mm -hmm. wears on. <laughs> so more, um, you know, more sound effects, more people in conversation at the same time because, you know, I started off with this, as I was talking about before, this very simple idea of two people doing voicemails. And then I added this sort of what seemed like a simple framework idea of, you know, uh, one person finding these voicemails 20 years later. And then I couldn't help myself. I just started adding people in. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, and I love that I did because I'm so I'm so thrilled uh, with all of you and your performances and what that brings to the story. So I'm really glad that I did, but yes, it's more work. Mm -hmm. What I am getting some help with is marketing. I have two uh, lovely people who are assisting me on that. Though, you know, I do a lot of that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
because, well, it's one of those things where uh, social media marketing requires sort of that you're just there on social media and talk to people really and engage and communicate. And, uh, you know, that kind of has to be me, I think, at least for now. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. Are you all ready to move into spoiler zone? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spoiler territory. Yay. <laughs> okay. Ah, okay. Maybe I should just start and just tell you all the spoilery things, spoilery things about the, uh, the story and the fictional elements. I mean, the relationship between Kat and Jono is inspired by a relationship that I had when I was living in London at the time. But so many things in the relationship and so many things that happen are fictional. So I've taken a few things or the basic idea of that relationship and transferred it onto Kat and Jono. But a lot of the things that happen are just made up. So, you know, I won't tell you what is what, of course. And a lot of it is also, you know, because I have quite a few friends who've had really, really bad relationships too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've borrowed their stuff as well and put that in there. So, you know, I think quite a few people uh, around me who know me well and have known me for years will sort of go, oh, actually, that's that's my experience in there. Whoops. Uh, no, I've talked to most of them, but you know, so, but I think it's an important, what, I mean, the impetus for me was to tell that story, which is a story about a really damaging relationship where Kat is being broken down. And uh, I mean, the, it's about gaslighting and Jono as a character is a person without empathy. Uh, I mean, he has, there's something wrong with him. He has no empathy. And that is why he is, he does really horrible things. So, you know, and I'd love to get your sort of reactions to that as you were reading it, uh, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> My reactions. The, yeah, to the story uh, of Kat. Yeah, well, like you said, I like a lot of people go through stuff in their relationships and uh, I can recognize some things too. Mm. I think, uh, I think everyone can if you if they're not in a perfect relationship. Uh, Lucky them. Who is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's always that question of why why does she stay with him? Mm. Uh, but I I can understand her completely. It's not uh, it's not that easy to see from the inside. Yeah. And I think that's what probably more than specific events, what I've taken from my own experience is that it makes no sense that she stays, but it is very hard to sort of get yourself out of a really, really uh, toxic situation like this because she is being manipulated completely. And it is, you know, and also, I mean, Janice, I wrote that into the script for Kat because I thought it was funny that uh, she loves playing these really intense emotions because <laughs> you said that to me. And I was like, I that. Yep, yeah, bring, bring it that. on, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> cat some more. I want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, that's one of the reasons I knew that you'd be perfect for this because many years ago I'd cast you as Martirio in the house of Bernarda Alba and uh, that is one depressed character who is miserable. She's not happy. <laughs> She's not happy. <laughs> so I knew you could do that. She has well. issues. Yeah. She does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So uh, moving on to Adam, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about your uh, horrible villain role here. Uh, how was that? Well, you know, I, I, I have to say, you know, I played villains. Jono is absolutely the worst one because he is based in reality. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's that those are real people and in other other productions that I've played, uh, you know, there's always a fantastical element to it. It's always in a sci-fi setting or something. So it mm-hmm. kind of changes the perception a little bit. Yeah. So with Jono, he's very real and very, very raw. And yeah. uh, I, I found that he, I just, he's a very angry person and a very insecure and yeah. just not able to, to cope with the world around him unless it's focused on him. And so I, I had to really, you know, get, get into that mindset. And like I said, you, you, you have to commit to it and just, just go for it. So usually like when, when we got into the later, the later segments Mm -hmm. or later episodes, I sent the family out of the house. I I put the dog outside because um, I did it once and it scared the hell out of him. He ran upstairs and disappeared. But um, that way I could just fully just go all out. I could just yell and scream or, you know, get enraged as much as I needed to be in order to really sell the character. Because yeah. that's the that's the problem is that if you if you don't sell it, then it becomes a caricature and, and it has to be that very raw anger and yeah. uh, and hurt. So I like he's hurt in his mind, but you know, obviously he needs to grow the hell up. But he needs therapy. Some counseling. <laughs> Psychotropics. Uh, he needs lots and lots of therapy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, playing a, playing a, because uh, I, I completely understand that, that he is one of the worst villains that you can imagine because he's just so, it is so real because I played, you know, I played a sci-fi villain, but that's just, you know, she just kills everyone, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's over there and in a different sort of state. But playing this kind of really, and he says so many horrible things. And sometimes when I was writing, I was like, oh, God, especially with you two, Adam and Janice, I'm, I'm putting you through all this horror. Ah, but, you know, you've, um, you've done it now, both of you. Yeah, can't take it back. <laughs> yeah, and you're alive to tell the tale. So, I think that's in general the fact that uh, the most scary villains are the ones that come close to to your real life. Uh, like, I don't know, the witch mother in Tangled is one of the worst uh, Disney villains, I think, because she's also so loving and, mm-hmm. like, sweet. I, and that just makes it creepier when they play on love and and intimate feelings. I completely agree with you. And I think for for you, Charlotte, you've been playing the mother and uh, Kirsten as a sort of character initially started off as a sort of my mother at that time, because, you know, she's the kind of, like Kirsten, she's the kind of mother who, you know, you would would make phone calls and try to pay for airplane tickets, you know, if she could and stuff like that, just to try and do what she could. But also I think what she ultimately realizes is she can't fix it. You know? Yeah. She can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, and I mean, that must, 
I don't know, but it, I mean, it, it must make her a little bit frustrating, I think, sometimes for you to play because she's so sort of just trying to yell from afar, you know? Mm, yeah, <laughs> because it's, I mean, she knows what's going on, even if she doesn't have, you know, concrete evidence of it. Mm. And she's, she's obviously frustrated and she wants to take care of her, her daughter in a really difficult situation. I think she's mixed between wanting to go get her you know, and cuddled her and then shake her like mad, like, what the fuck's going on? Yes. Uh, sorry yes, for exactly. the swearing, but... Oh, I don't care. This know. is a podcast. Yeah, I mean, like, it's fine. But I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the feeling I have when I'm, mm. when I'm playing her. Like, oh, what am I going to do? That makes sense. Mm. Um, that's in her interest. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think that she's... I mean, she tr- she tries all these different things throughout the season to sort of just connect mm. uh, and uh, to sort of support. And ultimately, you know, she can only do what she can do. Uh, Kat yeah. has to make her own decisions. And the three of you have like when this have this scene that we read through, I think, uh, at the very yeah. first read through the midsummer scene, which, well, we're into spoiler territory now, <laughs> which is the <laughs> miscarriage scene as well. Uh, and I mean, that's the whole it's the first time that Kat has brought a boyfriend over, I think. Uh, I think I, I wrote I, I that. think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, So it, and it's very sort of clear that Kirsten isn't having any of Jono's crap. Mm. She's not exactly impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, love the, I love it because it's the first time where Jono's actually kind of scared of somebody, like genuinely like, oh my God, this person might destroy me. Yeah. I, I, I like that because he just so often is you know, it seems like he has no fear or just mm. so self-assured in his mind that that nothing gets to him. And, and now, yeah. yeah, he's scared. He is. And I think, I mean, he is because also I think he knows that Kirsten is one of the few people who actually has has a power uh, or to influence Kat to, to break up with him. She, she basically sees through him. I think she I does. Mean, yeah. Yeah. That's the feeling I get, at yeah. least. I think so too, but she can't do anything. Mm. So it's, it's hard, but it's also, and also, you know, her daughter is pregnant. So what, what can she do? Mm-hmm. She can do nothing. She can just sort of go, ah, <laughs> <laughs> All she can. but yeah, but I think also, I mean, it's a structure of the story and that is, you know, something that is sort of limiting. I set this up as a voicemail story. So I was limited in, I always had to sort of make sure people dropped in on Katz and Jess's voicemail leaving, which is a construct, of course, that is a little bit strange, but you know, they both have flatmates, at least for the beginning. So it's not, it's not so weird. At least when I was having flatmates, it was a bit of a sort of uh, moving around into each other's rooms and stuff. So I set that up, but that also means that for most of the recordings with Jono and Kat, it's Jono and Kat in their home. So Jono doesn't really have a reason to be insecure because he has power over Kat and sort of can control her in that way. Was there anything else that you were sort of thinking about when you were recording with your character that you felt was either particularly interesting or fun or particularly challenging? We've talked about some challenging bits already. You're talking to me? I'm talking to all of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> we all go quiet. We were also like, she's not saying a name. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Okay, Adam, go. Oh, great. Um, 
Well, I, I, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, I think my biggest challenge, I, I mean, I had a lot of fun with, uh, with, you know, doing the accent. I love doing mm. different accents and, and really, you know, making the, the flow and making the, the character sound believable. And I, I feel like I achieved that over time. At, at first, it, it took me a little while to kind of practice, you know, get, getting into mm. that, that, uh, that mindset and, and that, that particular kind of rhythm that Jono has in his voice. But um, once I got it, I was I was feeling pretty good. I, I think my biggest challenge was actually it, it wasn't the accent, it wasn't the emotion, it was the line. I would get into these really you know emotional scenes, getting really angry, and I would say something, and I'd look, and I'd like I screwed the line up, uh, and so I'd have to, and so I do it again, and I'd make the same mistake. I get so so yeah know, into it times mm-hmm. in there that that I I left the, the the line as it was because it sound I thought it sounded good, and I didn't want to try it. I thought I would wreck it if I tried to re-record it, but I generally I would I would substitute a line or forget a word or you know do something and and uh, and then there would be a whole stream of swear words that repeated <laughs> in polite company and then I have to work myself back up again. And, yeah, hmm. interesting. How about you, Janice? I think uh, for me the biggest challenge wasn't the the intense scenes because like I said, I love doing those. I, I Misery comes quite natural to me. I think it was harder for me to find the, the joyful cat, mm. the, the one who sings and hums. <laughs> that, that was just trying to, to naturally start humming. Mm. Uh, that, that was, I th- that's the hardest part so far, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was, I was, the first time we'd, after the first time we'd recorded, uh, I sort of thought, shall I get rid of the humming? And then I was like, no, I like the humming. She does it well once she gets into it. Uh, and also, of course, as the season progresses, there is less humming because she's not Yeah, happy. more crying. I, <laughs> yeah. More into your element. comfort zone. <laughs> And I think also, I mean, Janice, because I was there for all your uh, recording sessions, you were a little bit sort of, they have some voicemails that are sort of just, you know, chatty. I'm going to babble about this little thing, and then I'm going to go talk a little bit about this thing. And those, I think you were a little bit like, oh, she's just, I don't know what she's talking about in this one. I don't know what her emotion is. She's just babbling. Uh, And I think... Yeah, I think this cat in general is more, much more outgoing than I am, and and she she speaks without thinking and and just has more confidence in in what she says. I would I would think more before I said anything. So that's yeah. the way that she's different mm. from me. Yeah. How about you, Charlotte? Any particular joys or challenges? Yeah. I think I found it challenging sounding a little older without going into full-blown grandma because I do that really well. You <laughs> do I, do that really well. Yeah. She's not old. But, she's like no, she's not old. five or something. Yeah, exactly. So it was like <laughs> uh, mm, yeah. finding somewhere between between my regular voice and an old, old voice. And I've had a lot of, I'm going to be, be recording something and then go, oh, shoot, that's my regular voice. Yeah. Uh, or, or tone it down or something. So that, that's been challenging, finding the, the sweet spot. Yeah, I, I, I think you've, you've nailed it, really. I've had that because, well, we're in spoiler zone. So both Kat and Jess have recordings where they're in the now, in the 2020. 
So of course, and uh, I'm not 25. So, <laughs> so my regular Jess is, uh, has a lighter voice than I do. She's a little bit pitched, a little bit lighter. And then when I could go into my own voice for a 45 year old Jess, I was like, yay. <laughs> so, and I think Kat has that as well. Although I yeah, don't think, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> So there we go. Oh yeah, uh, Janice, you had a question or a discussion thing. Yeah, I, I thought I had, but then Adam stole it. <laughs> so it's basically <laughs> the same question. But now we're in, in the spoiler section. Mm. Maybe you can develop on that some more. My question was about your writing process. How much mm. was planned? Did you have the whole story set from the beginning and stuck to that plan or did the characters change things for you as you mm. went along? Did the story change or did the characters change? And what has surprised you the most? Yeah. Oh, good. Good question. Okay. So I had the sort of overarching storyline for both Jess and Kat uh, planned out from the beginning. So I knew the plot. I knew what was going to happen as I was starting to write, I did a play sort of on New Year's Eve, I think last year, we're recording this in 2019. So New Year's Eve, 2018, I sat there and I started sort of plotting their overarching storyline. And the sort of basic idea is that Kat starts off fairly happy and moves into despair. And Jess starts off in despair and moves into happiness. Although of course they have challenges along the way. So once I started writing, I knew all about that. However, Olivia, I didn't know what I was going to do with her. <laughs> I mean, I knew, of course, who her parents were. That was part of the, of course, the, the, the plot, the original plotting out. But I had a hard time. I was sort of, I know that she starts this for a reason. And I know that she was, she's looking for something. And for some reason, she doesn't feel like she can talk to her parents about this. And she's just sort of starting this podcast. But I didn't know why. And I had all, had all sorts of sort of, ideas around like wacky ideas about that I'm really happy I didn't go with that around that she had a sibling that needed some sort of uh, you know that there was some sort of uh, disease that needed a genetic match or something so that's why she was looking uh, for her bio dad and uh, all sorts of wacky things so while I knew about the the other two main characters for Olivia for a while there uh, and Janice you know this because you saw the script in that state I wrote I stopped writing Olivia's scenes and I just wrote Kat's and Jess's scenes. And then I had to go back and sort of fill in that story. So I sat down with uh, my friend, uh, Lina, who you know, Janice, and uh, she is a journalist and really good at plotting things. And so we sat for, I think it was early summer, uh, 2019. And we sat down and sort of started plotting the whole story of Olivia's sort of overarching story, because that of course feeds into a little bit the other story as well and figured out all about uh, why she's looking for her bio dad and that she actually finds her bio dad and that it's a sort of it was very important to me that it wasn't that sort of very tropey story of oh i've now found a new parent and he is wonderful and we're going to be happy forever that is was going to be a little bit more complex than that because of course your parents are the people you grew up with and who supported you this new person, you know, they can be someone perhaps going forward, but they're not going to be your parent. That's just silly. So that was really important to me. And then also 
the fact that Jess and Rachel uh, were in the process of separating came out of, well, no, actually, I knew that already. But that sort of solidified and that in relationship to Olivia's story came out of that session. So it was a very, we sat there for, I think, two hours and moved post-it notes around on a big board to figure out the, the plot. And surprises, one huge surprise for me was Claire, because I didn't really know what to do with the character of Claire. I, I loved her. I thought she was really a weird sort of funny, shouty person who was, of course, uh, for Jess, someone who was someone to be really upset about in the beginning. But her journey in those last few episodes, that surprised me. That just sort of happened as I was writing it. And also the fact that, like the fact that I put Kat's commercial for Frosty Cakes in the middle of one of Jess's voicemails, that was also just kind of, oh, Rachel's watching TV. I wonder what's on TV. Hang on. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But the writing process, I mean, definitely the latter half of the season was very influenced by your voices because your voices sort of hearing those got me into the uh, characterization of the people in the story much more. Yeah. But in general, I'm a planner. And I think probably if it wasn't so darn long, this story, I would have plotted the whole thing out beforehand. But it was just so long. I felt like I had to start somewhere to get it out, you know. Does that answer your question, sort of? Definitely. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else that you've been thinking about, either of you, about this process or... Uh... <laughs> no? Mind blank? <laughs> Suddenly, yeah, my mind is blank. There's been no coffee yet, so... Uh... I don't think. Go ahead. Go, I'm just go ahead. thinking. You, <laughs> you just do. <laughs> That's fine. I think, I mean, we've been talking for uh, almost an hour now, I think for 50 minutes. So uh, I'm happy to leave it as is. But before we stop, I'd like you to tell uh, where people can find you if they would like to find you. And I'm not sure that Janice has anywhere, but I know that the other two of you do. So I'm going to start with Charlotte. How can people find you? I think the easiest way to find me is on Twitter. And it's basically just my name. So it's Charlotte underscore Noro. N-O-R-U-P. I'm on Instagram, but it's like, it's a mix of <laughs> whatever weird <laughs> stuff happens in my personal life <laughs> and uh, podcasting. So it might not be as interesting, but it's too shy. Two, the, the, the number two is H-Y, Nora. And yeah. I have a VA uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Stuff like that, that I think. That works. <laughs> so, yeah, that works. I don't know if you can just do a search for me or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it's on the uh, Y2K website, okay. y2kpod.com, and that's the number two. Perfect. But uh, I'm going to let you <laughs> say, that, say it anyway. So, Adam, <laughs> how can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter at uh, doc, D-O-C, underscore Adam, underscore V-O. Um, so that's really my main, my, my main means of contact. You know, you can find me on a bunch of different podcasts like the Insomnia Project and uh, I'm going to be in another Yay. one like we're coming out with a Christmas episode too. I wrote that and then we're, wow. we're I'm going to get a week to put everything together for the audio. So pray for me. <laughs> um, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Oh, yes. Well, we, we did the 11th hour audio. We submitted yeah, 11th hour exactly. with two minutes to spare, literally. Yeah. So, so it was cool. insane. I was yeah. just watching that from on social media and I was like, these people are just amazing. 
Oh, they really yeah. are. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, so really, Twitter is the best way to get get in touch with me, and then uh, you know, listen for me in, in different podcasts and echo. Oh, yeah. hey, there's Adam. Yeah. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> and Janice, I guess if people want to get in touch with you, they can get in touch with me first. I guess. Yeah, or just yeah, come to Aling Sauce Sweden and look for the person with the weird hair color right now. <laughs> pink purple. That will probably change. But yeah, I don't do social media. Just so yeah. Yeah. Talk to Kari. <laughs> yes, talk to me. Uh you can find me on Twitter at uh Karen H E I M. So that's K-A-R-I-N. H-E-I-M, so that's my my name, sort of, but not all of it, because I thought that was too long, so Karen Haim. And of course, you can find all of this uh, at our website, uh, y2kpod.com as well. Okay, cool. I think it's it's time to say goodbye to the listeners. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. <laughs> Love you! <laughs> oh, oceans of hugs! Oh, oceans of hugs! Oceans of hugs! <laughs> oceans of hugs. <laughs> oceans? <laughs>